Jack guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Fat guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Two biological brothers talking about stuff welcome to fat guy jack guy we're just having conversations yeah well that was it that was that was, your, that was the big <laughs> I'm surprise st- I'm, <laughs> I'm brendan walsh and uh today we're going to talk about crows oh okay I, i'm gonna fans i'm gonna fans yeah like you don't know that we planned on this <laughs> What the heck? Crows? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're talking about crows today? Uh, yeah, crows. Because we're kind of randomly deciding what we want to talk about, I was struck, I don't know, a week or two ago by the idea that we need to talk more about crows just as a society. Okay. And uh, we're starting the conversation today. That's, this is, we're having the important conversations this on this the podcast. Real conversations. <laughs> So I, I'm going to start with a narrative. So okay. my first, well, we grew up around crows. Everybody grew yes. up around crows, right? They're everywhere. But I really became fascinated with crows. <laughs> this is the great story. In eighth grade, for whatever reason, my best friend and I, Will Valley, decided to make a movie on a Friday afternoon called Causeville. <laughs> and okay. the premise of Causeville, I was playing a ripoff of Will Sasso's Mad TV Steven Seagal nice. character. So good. And Will Valley played what was described as 14,000 six foot giant crows. <laughs> and we dressed him up. That sounds right. Yep. We dressed him up in a large black coat and we tied a paper cone to his face. We kind of wrapped up okay. a cone and tied like, we didn't even tie it. We taped it okay. to his face. Okay. And that was like his beak. And then my friend Connor and I just beat him up with wiffle ball bats <laughs> for like an hour. And that was the movie. <laughs> and he was just standing there and he was like, Cosmo, Cosmo. It reminds me of this film that I saw called Birdemic. Oh, sounds pretty good. Which was awful. Giant oh. Crows? <laughs> what if they ripped off Cosmo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they were. They were all kinds of birds, but it was just bad CGI, so you couldn't tell. It was one of those things that was made for like ten thousand yeah, dollars on like sci-fi. Yeah, well, but we had practical effects. We had think... real practical effects, <laughs> which lasts a lifetime. <laughs> it always looks good. Lasts a lifetime. That's why it looks good. It always, it looks, always good. looks good when you have practical. Whenever effects, you watch so... Causeville, you're like, hey, this holds up. That's this amazing. Holds up. So, you know, the through line here is that Will Valley dressed up in a crow costume, mm-hmm. after my research, is not nearly as intelligent as real crows. Well, you're saying Will, Will Valley, Valley is not is as not intelligent near- as a crow. <laughs> not him as a child <laughs> dressed as a crow, yeah. but him currently. Him currently, him as a child. Wow. Either way, a crow is probably well, I'm smarter. I'm so sorry you're just finding this out <laughs> today. I think he'd be okay with this. He knows, he knows. So brother, my question to you, what do you know about crows? What's your crow experience? My crow experience? I, I guess pretty similar to yours that they've been around my entire life. It wasn't really until quite recently that I found out they're actually very intelligent. I, probably in the last 10 years or so, I found that out. Nobody really talks to you about crows <laughs> growing up. So. 
No one's, no one's talking <laughs> no about one's this. No one's talking about this. No one's talking about this in school. <laughs> just like. You don't learn about this. How come my parents this didn't tell me about this? This is information you don't get, which I think is very unfair. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, mostly just that they're always around. They're very intelligent. I know maybe, maybe I've heard some things about them being really good at finding food. Mm, yes. When there's scarcity, especially. So I'm looking forward to hearing more because I really don't know that much, oh, I guess. Yes, and I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember my parents' lawn just full of crows, random parts of the mm-hmm. year, like spring, just like 50 crows just chilling in the lawn. And we didn't even talk about it. It yeah. was just like a lot of crows in the lawn today. <laughs> <laughs> like knowing what I know about crows, like they were probably like having complex they communication. Were you know, they were like, we could probably get in this <laughs> they house. They were plotting against yeah. you and your family. Like, they could have done it. Yeah. They could have totally yeah, just amazing. wiped us out. It's <laughs> amazing. I won't talk too much about like the Oh, your group of crows is called a murder. Like, I think they're like well-established crow stuff that we already know. There's so crow gonna... bias. Yeah, there's crow bias. <laughs> there's a lot of crow bias. <laughs> and I think it's unfair. Yes. I think it's very unfair. So I guess to start, we're not going to only talk about crows because crows live in a family called the Corvid family right. or Corvus family. And that includes about 40 species of crow and raven. So you got the American crow, that's the crow we know and love, mm-hmm. the New Caledonian crow, which the uh, movie I sent you, or the clip I sent okay. you, that's a New Caledonian crow, the rook, the jackdaw, which is a great <laughs> name, the thick-billed raven from the Horn of Africa, which is the largest crow, a male can weigh up to 2.5 pounds, which doesn't sound like a lot, that, but it's a bird. No, that it's a bird. sounds that's terrifying. A, that's a big bird. Uh, the reasonably named little crow, which is the smallest <laughs> species of crow. Reasonably named. Yeah, it's the smallest crow. <laughs> it's in Australia. Little crow is also the name of the Dakota chief who led uh, a band of warriors in the five-week uh, Dakota Sioux uprising that led to the execution okay. of 38 Dakota men. Um, so that's another place I we might have heard the of. connection there. Little crow. So they're part of the genus Corvus. They're usually black. However, jays, like the blue jay, are also part of this family. Oh. And we know that jays are like a smart bird. Yes. We also know that they're dicks. Yes. Um, they're very mischievous. Yeah. Everybody talks about like, oh, you think blue jays are pretty, but blue jays are actually yeah, dicks. Yeah, they're very mean. Yeah, they're mean. We, hey, they're smart. <laughs> it's hard to be smart in this world. It's true. It's, it's not true. easy. This world wants you to be dumb. That's why. And I guess it's true in bird world, too. Bird world, if you're just a, <laughs> smarter than every other bird and you're like, look at these assholes. You're like, born as hell. Deal- <laughs> like, <laughs> no one to talk to. <laughs> Stupid cardinals and shit. Um, so not another fucking gull. Yeah, the fucking gulls. Can you imagine <laughs> being a crow and having to deal with gulls? Like, ugh. <laughs> they're so dumb. <laughs> so crows are found around the world in every continent except for bullshit Antarctica. But who cares? Well, yeah, who, who cares? cares? That's uh, not really a continent. We don't, <laughs> we don't care about Antarctica. <laughs> Is that really a continent? Hot take. Hot fuck take. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take if I can't live there, fuck yeah, it. I don't like Antarctica. <laughs> like it's just not worth it. It's not even worth it's not to bring worth it. I'm we're wasting breath talking about Antarctica. <laughs> so I'm gonna talk about ravens later. <laughs> Cause ravens are like the f- most famous, I feel like, of the crow. Even well, though crows are yes. famous, ravens are more famous. Probably, yes. Yeah. So ravens, the differentiation. So if you saw like a picture of a crow and a raven, there wouldn't be too many differences. Mm-hmm. But ravens are larger and they have a different call. Like ravens do a croak as opposed to the caw. Um, mm-hmm. And ravens, this is interesting, often travel in pairs 
while crows, we know, roll pretty deep. Okay. You know, so ravens, I guess, are in these cute little pairs. Yes. And, you know, crows are the 50 crows on your front lawn, <laughs> which makes them even more <laughs> ominous. Well, yeah, yesterday when I was driving out of Everglades Correctional, they were, well, when I was driving in and out, there were so many crows. But I haven't seen that number together in a really long time. So it was, it was a little scary. Yeah, well, I was like, I'm they gonna, know this place is evil. They do. They're gathering. <laughs> they know it's a prison. Protest. They know prison a is crow evil. Test. A crow test. Yes. <laughs> it was a crow test. Yeah, it was a crow test. Crows it, are abolitionists. I want to believe that. I wouldn't. I want to believe. Not that. believe it. Crows know what some crows know what it's like to be in captivity, which I will talk well, about actually talk about in yeah. a second. Yeah. And also, yeah. The, so there's a lot of cultural connotations of what a gathering of crows or ravens means, mm -hmm. and it varies from culture to culture. There is some through line there, but I mean, you can guess what some of them are. But some of them are a little bit more interesting and surprising. But my first segment here is how smart is a crow? Okay. So I like how this is. In segments. It's in segments, yeah. So we have like, how smart, whatever. How smart is a crow? So I showed you that video yesterday. Can you yes. describe that video a little bit? What it, what happened in it? <laughs> okay. It was a B, okay, it was a BBC video of a man who studies birds, and he goes and witnesses this crow going through this obstacle course, which I, I wouldn't call it, it wasn't just... It was a puzzle. Yeah, I, but it wasn't just a puzzle, right? It was, there were several... It was a multi-tiered puzzle. There were several things that he had to complete, or she had to complete in order to get a little tiny piece of food. It wasn't even like that big of a yeah, piece of Yeah, a little piece of meat, yeah. And it was eight steps that the crow had to go through in order to get this little tiny piece of food. And it was terrifying watching this video. Well, it was beautiful and terrifying. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful and terrifying because at every moment, the crow was stopping to think. It was very clear that the crow was stopping to it solve does. it. It does. <laughs> it stops and thinks about it, and it looks around. It's so freaky because it's just like us when we're trying to figure something out, and we're like, hmm, back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not adding up here. And that's exactly how the crow is acting. It was pretty freaky. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. As you said, eight-step puzzle, the crow's name, 007. 007, yes. Um, the crow's name was 007, which I love. It's an incredible video on the BBC. It's like a two-minute, 50-second video. The crow goes through each step, stops and thinks, because it requires multiple tools, multiple uh -huh. understandings of like how space works, how there's if you drop a rock on this thing, it will weigh it down, which will open up a new tool for you to use <laughs> to go and yes. open up to get this yes. little piece of meat. Yes. It's... Sticks Truly and incredible. Rocks. Sticks and rocks and like the little jail cell that's yes. holding this piece of meat. <laughs> the jail, yeah, the, the piece of meat was literally being held in jail. Yeah. So humans have always kind of known that crows are smart, but it wasn't really recognized by capital S science until mm. 2002 when an Oxford University study watched a crow named Betty use a tool to grab a piece of pig heart from inside of a cage. Wow. So similar to what you saw 007 okay. do. The same um, test, basically. I think it was a slightly easier test. Okay. So 007 solved even more steps of a test. Okay. So Betty wasn't the smartest crow ever. It wasn't like genius Betty the genius crow who has a bigger brain than ever. She's just a normal New Caledonian crow. Yeah. The smartest one <laughs> genius crow to rule them all. Thank God in Oxford <laughs> University. Um, so she was just a normal New Caledonian crow 
And New Caledonian crows, people see them doing dope shit all the time. They recognize individual human faces. Mm. They sort through sticks to find their favorite sticks, which they use as foraging tools. So they have like specific sticks that they like the best. And if you give them a pile of sticks, they're going to sort through each one to find the stick that they like the most. Crows. They're just like they're, us. They're just crows. <laughs> <laughs> just like us. Like People Magazine. I also... <laughs> I also search through the bundle of sticks yeah, to find my favorite. I do that. <laughs> yeah, we've all done that. Crows do the same thing. <laughs> Crows also gesture to communicate, which I don't <laughs> really, like, like Italian. Like Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Just about to ask, like my family. <laughs> oh, I don't. So they're cultural appropriators. Yes, okay. yeah, it's they're prob- it. Crows are problematic. <laughs> Crows are canceled. <laughs> We're canceling them so We're early in the episode. Chris, I know. <laughs> Let me try and bring it back to how crows shouldn't be canceled. So this is from the BBC. There's a quote from the BBC, an article about crows. And this is something that I noticed in the discussion of animal intelligence, is all of these animal intelligent equivalencies. Right. One that really pisses me off is relating an animal's intelligence to a level of human being. So they'll be like, this is as smart as a three-year-old. This is as smart as a... And it doesn't make any sense, which we'll talk about later. So this is a quote from the BBC. Clever primates, including humans, have a particular structure in their brains called the neocortex. It is thought that this helps to make advanced cognition possible. Corvids, notably, do not have this structure. Mm. They have instead evolved densely packed clusters of neurons that afford them similar mental prowess. So pretty much what that's saying is that crows do not have the same brain structure, but brain structure is not the thing that determines intelligence. Mm-hmm. So when people try to do that animal equivalency thing, they're not factoring in all of these other things. So like crows, even though their brains are smaller, they have more densely packed neurons, which creates sort of that same effect of right. being able to solve problems like that. Right. So there's also this lady named Dakota McCoy at Harvard who studies crows, and she also sees them doing all kinds of dope things. So they do things for fun, which is something that we equate with like intelligence, Mm -hmm. that idea of playfulness. Like they'll steal lab equipment if they're being studied and just fly (laughs) off with it. Um, Good for them. Apparently, and this is really interesting, (laughs) apparently young crows are the most playful. And then as they age, I guess crow life <laughs> becomes it's too, too weighty. <laughs> and the joys of being a crow are like taking a backseat to the responsibilities that they have. They are literally just like yeah. us. Like, That's fucked up. Yeah. And a lot of the responsibilities are just solving these artificial puzzles for human like <laughs> understanding of crow intelligence. Or if they're free, they're just hanging out, yeah. I guess. Taking Which, care of their families. Yeah, I guess taking yeah. care of their families, finding food. Wow. Um, but it is interesting that in intelligent animals, there is the playfulness of, of childhood and adolescence and then responsibility, just like us. Okay, that's also really depressing. Yeah, where you start to like, like hate your life. <laughs> There's no hope for us of ever getting back to that place what of does it playfulness. Mean? What is I it feel mean? like there's like a, there's a middle animals, part. As animals, we're just doomed? Yeah, we're just, well, I think... I think it's observed in certain animals that it's there's the middle that, which we're in right now the middle part that's sad and then as you get older you get to chill again. <laughs> we're in the middle, middle part. part. <laughs> like it sucks. We are for as us. thirty-four year olds. We are in the there's middle part. Nothing that's good. Sad. I mean, we've been in the middle part that's sad since we were like fifteen years yeah. old. We started early. That's that's the messed up part. <laughs> I feel like crows have a longer really portion sucks. of being able to chill and have a good time. Wow, good for them. More stuff about how crows are really smart. 
in the Smith Smithsonian Smithsonian's magazine. It it is written by like a crow researcher guy or whatever, and he discusses how he saw a couple of crows teaming up to use a water fountain in a public wow. area. One okay, pushes the really button cool. while the other drinks. Really Isn't cool. that so dope? Yeah, that's really cool. And so this kind of reveals how crows, just as you were saying before, have similar problem solving capabilities as humans. So they see a problem, they assess the problem, and then they find a solution. So when you see a crow, thinking about the steps required to solve a puzzle. <laughs> they're literally doing that. They're legit yeah, thinking yeah. about the steps to solve yeah. a puzzle. But they also have... they must learn from ob observance too because yeah. they're watching humans use that yeah. water fountain. Yeah. Right? So they must have seen something that tipped them off to know you have to push the button to let the water. Yeah. It's wild. It's really like that means that they, I don't know what the term is, but they understand like the causal connection between yes, things. Yes, between things, yeah. Like how many yeah. animals, I guess animals figuring out how to solve like buttons or doors, like that's a fairly common thing. Right. But the ability to push a button and then you know that water comes out of Yes, the, that's, that's a totally different thing. That's like using one of those communication boards yeah. with the with the different phrases and words. Yeah, like a lexagram or whatever machine yeah. that, that bonobos can use and stuff. Very cool. Very cool. So pretty much what we see here is that they have the ability to think at a high level akin to other great apes, which is something that they wow. always say because they're scared to say that crows are as intelligent <laughs> as humans. Cowards. Cowards. Say it <laughs> like say it, it is. God damn it. Because I guarantee you, me trying to solve that eight-step meat puzzle, like, <laughs> Three steps in, I'm like, now I gotta drop a <laughs> rock to get the bigger stick? Like, how do you know how to do that? <laughs> I would have, like, gotten my fingers stuck in, like, in the, the thing, parachute. Yeah, trying to yeah. get the thing. Like, yeah. let me just get I that get dumb yeah. stick. So, I, I think that there is that fear of comparing other animals' intelligence to us because we hold that as a sacred element yes. of humanity. That's true. We do say, we want to believe we're above all of these creatures. We do. Because we constantly destroy them. Yes, because so it would be kind of messed up. Be, we have to say why we're destroying them. Yeah, it's like, no, because they're just idiots. Yes. They're just so just dumb. Dumb idiots. And they're dumb idiot jerks. Crows also have their own language, mm -hmm. which is not, I mean, it's super uncommon in terms of like what we understand, but we know that they communicate with the rhythm duration intensity of their <laughs> cause. <laughs> I like trying to do the call. <laughs> that better sound good on the new mic. <laughs> yeah, I hope it does. <laughs> Are you picking this up? Yeah, it's good stuff. So they have a language. They have a language. They have the ability to think to solve problems. Here's this thing called the analogy study. So this guy, Ed Wasserman, and his Moscow-based team trained crows to match items that were the same as each other. So they were like things with the wow. same color, same okay. shape, or same number. And then they were tested to see if they could match objects that had the same relationship to each other. Hmm. For example, a circle and a square would be analogous to red and green rather than two orange, rather than to two oranges. Wow. Which already, like even describing that sounds complicated to yeah. me. So what we learn is that... I would have lost my attention yeah, immediately. Yeah, I know. And the crows grasp it the first time. I would be like, I'll read any sentence you want me to read. <laughs> oh, please don't make me do this. 
<laughs> yeah, we. Th I feel like we think literacy because we have literacy is like that means like that we're like super smart. Yeah, no, I don't assume that about no, myself. No, to be honest. I don't either. I'm literate. I'm yeah, highly literate. I'm highly literate, but I don't assume that I'm super smart. I'm just a just a guy, dumb animal I'm who you talk. Guy. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just a, a guy. recognize symbols and patterns. So they didn't have any training about the concept of same and different, and they grasp this the first time they wow. do it. Wow. Okay. Incredible. So their intelligence is analytical, it's creative, they work in groups, they ultimately just get stuff very quickly and are able to use the information that they receive to like do things. Yeah. It's incredible. That's the thing that's amazing about watching that video is watching it learn. First of all, there is a moment in that video where I think the, <laughs> the bird realizes it's a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's just a trick. Mm -hmm. And they have to, and it knows it has to figure out all of the steps to the trick in order to get what it wants. I, just watching that video is so, it really illuminates everything that you're saying right now. I mean, that's 007, and I know that that bird is trained that's to do a that. special bird. That's a special bird. But to hear also that at the first try, they're able to do these matches, that's pretty wild, too. It is pretty wild. And so what scientists say is, Crows have the same intelligence as a seven-year-old child. What does that even mean? <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> How do you do that? Have they met seven-year-old <laughs> Like, I don't know of too many seven-year-olds that would solve the meat puzzle. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. I don't know of too many 37-year-olds that could. <laughs> so I don't know what this, like, equivalency is based yeah. on. So my next part, part two. Crows and ravens in culture. Okay. This is a good, this is, you know, we gotta start making those connections. We gotta uh, make these connections. <laughs> so we've established that crows are really smart. We've known that they are intelligent for a long time, but we have the science, the studies, to back up these sort of ancient wisdoms about the intelligence right. of crows and ravens. Right. So because they eat a lot of dead animals, <laughs> many cultures associate them crows, with death and like loss. Us. They're just like us. They <laughs> really are. They really are. <laughs> the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, hmm. The only difference is we dress up our dead animals <laughs> on like plates. They just eat them off of the road. Yes. Same thing. You're eating dead animal, folks. You're just, you're just eating dead animal. I didn't kill the animal. I'm just eating it. <laughs> so since the beginning of civilization, some people have seen ravens and considered them a bad omen because okay, of their relationship yes. to death and loss. And I think that that's pretty rude because like <laughs> I mean, after all this information yeah. yeah that's pretty rude it's like every time you see a huge black bird picking apart a dead animal carcass and producing a <laughs> terrifying croaking sound you automatically, you automatically think something bad is about to happen from the devil <laughs> that's rude you just see this horrifying <laughs> animal just like as it like picks apart a dead <laughs> carcass what's the problem huh? yeah and then i guess oh you're probably gonna get to this actually i won't say anything okay yeah so there's also sort of the flip side of that and that crows are not uniformly evil across the right. world. I have this sort of analogy. So we all know the Edgar Allan Poe poem, right. The Raven. I was going to say he, he solidified that kind of evilness or that darkness about crows and ravens. Yeah. At least in American culture. Yeah. Uh, I... Here's my thought on this, actually. Mm -hmm. So yes, definitely, you think of Edgar Allan Poe, you think of like horror, then you think of the Raven. You also have that connection to the Simpsons, specifically. Remember the Simpsons, <laughs> yes. Little House of Horror, yes. or whatever. Yes. Um, so 
yes, The Raven is a scary poem. Yeah, sure. But The Raven is not the villain. Right. The Raven no, is the yeah. reminder of mortality. It's, right. It's not a villain, yeah. So it's this voice it's from the afterlife communicating loss. Doesn't mean that the raven is bad. Or it's that just it's even this... going to kill yeah. the speaker of the poem. Yeah, definitely not, right? Yeah. It's just this reminder that the Lenore is never coming back, right. right? Like, never more. And so this is interesting. In Swedish and German folklore, ravens are seen as the ghosts of people who didn't receive a proper Christian burial. Okay, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which... Obviously, we all know Jesus in the Bible said, hey, if you don't get... If you don't fucking get that guy down in the box in, in the ground. Yeah, you got to be a raven now. With the last rites and everything. You're, you're just like... <laughs> you're calling forever. Yeah, just, you're stuck in Cosville, buddy. Which, <laughs> which is why ravens are so smart and crows are so yeah, smart. Cause they're just because humans. they're just humans. They're yes. just human ghosts. Okay, it makes so much sense. <laughs> We solved it. They're just Capital ghosts. F science. Y'all can stop. Yeah. I didn't see that in any of the scientific studies. That ravens and crows are probably just ghosts. <laughs> lazy scientists. <laughs> They're so lazy. They're cowards, actually. They don't want to say cowards. it. They're cowards. Say it. They don't want to Just say it. Tell it like it is. <laughs> so, additionally... We see on this continent, specifically, rose and cravens in indigenous folklore. Of course. So indigenous peoples of the Pacific Northwest view, they have like two kind of raven crow gods. The raven in certain indigenous people's mythology is the creator of the world. Okay, wow. So this is totally different different. than like the ghost. Yeah. Raven as creator of the world. But then you also have raven as selfish sly conniving and hungry so there are like okay. two ravens that the raven could be you either have the creator which is pretty awesome distinction you know yeah. created the whole earth absolutely or the kind of like sly trickster god type okay. character other things you got the baltimore ravens okay hey, come on. Hey, let's go <laughs> let's go let's go <laughs> let's go everybody love the baltimore ravens we're such a big NFL <laughs> yeah, fans here at fgjg you know how it is we baltimore ravens love folks football. <laughs> You also have Ted Hughes's book of poems, oh, yes. Crow. That's right. I've which, never read it, but I know it exists. Yeah, I've read like portions of it. It's a beautiful book of poetry. I mean, Ted Hughes, say what you want about him. Great poet. <laughs> Bad husband. Bad husband, not a good husband. <laughs> and so his Crow was used as a symbol for grief because it was published after Sylvia Plath's suicide. So Crow... So the, he's kind of using the same... The American, like the white American version of what a crow, he's kind of using the same, yeah. that same mythology. Yeah. That yeah. is not exactly in the same way as Edgar Allan Poe, but that it is wrapped up in knowing that this person that you love is never coming back again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it seems like that. Yeah, it seems like that. Okay. It's a beautiful collection of poems. And yeah, you have once again, crow as grief, crow as... Symbol of death, but not like symbol of killing. Of your, or of your incoming yeah, death necessarily. Yeah, it's just the fact that death exists. Yeah. Which I think is good. Yes. You think being reminded of your mortality. <laughs> yes, yes, it's healthy. It's a good you thing. You should know that life will end. It will end. You will die, and a crow will replace you if you don't get a proper <laughs> Christian burial. Pro- yes. <laughs> yes, if you get any type of other burial yeah, besides sorry. Christian burial, good luck. you're coming back as a crow, it actually. sounds honestly pretty good. Okay, I'm down for it. Yeah. It's fine. Just be a crow flying through the That's air. 
Yeah. Solving meat puzzles? <laughs> yeah. If the worst thing that could happen to you is that you end up solving meat puzzles <laughs> after you die. <laughs> It I could would be say worse. Yeah, it could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. So, pretty much, this is the larger question at hand here. Why do we worry so much about thinking about animal intelligence, quantifying animal intelligence? What are we searching for with this? What do you think? That's a good question. I guess what we're searching for is some... It's kind of weird because we, we want to push the fact that they're intelligent as far away from us as possible, but I do feel like the search for animal intelligence has to do with finding the similarities between us and them and just celebrating that connection in a sense. But then people get really scared and they're like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> not yeah. too much. Not too much. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a weird Thing that's happening simultaneously it's kind of we want to know that we're connected to these i think ultimately what human beings are always seeking is connection i think we want so badly to understand that we have this connection between us and the natural world but also we're really afraid of what that connection means about us and the mythologies that we've created about our own minds so i think that that's what's happening in that search i think that's totally on point i totally agree yeah, yeah you have this desire to not be alone right. in the world. Totally. And we know that there are connections between human and animals. Absolutely. And those connections are incredibly complex. Like we eat animals, right. we always have. We, and we still love them. We still love them. You can love an animal in one minute and then kill it for food the next minute. Yes, because in some cases you absolutely have to. Yeah, it's that's and the only way. That's fine. That is a complex, yeah. we are complex animals, this happens. But, yeah, as you said, there's that fear that by establishing that connection, by saying yeah. we are actually not alone in this experience, what does that say about how, every, how we do everything? Right. And also, so it's also, what is it, does it mean that we're actually intelligent? And I think that ultimately, if we're talking about science, big capital S science, then it's scary for them to entertain the possibility that we're not in comparison to some of the other animals that exist. Yeah, and that our intelligence is a specific intelligence. Right, and maybe it's us, and obviously that our intelligence, that specific intelligence that we have is useful for certain things, but it is completely arbitrary in many other areas of survival. Yeah, and that intelligence is incredibly destructive Mm -hmm. As a result, not, not only our intelligence, because of course we lived in the same brains with the same level of intelligence for thousands and thousands right. of years without destroying environments. Right. But now that we've come this far by perpetuating the myth of, of human intelligence mm -hmm. as like the great intelligence, we can't, we are worried about going back because right. we don't want to live in commune with our environment, with the other <laughs> right. animals. Right. We don't want to really examine how this intelligence can be bad. How crows can live with, I mean, intelligence that is comparable to us, how whales can live with that kind of mm -hmm. intelligence, other great apes, whatever, and not fucking ruin everything? Yeah. How do, we, how do we reconcile that kind of messed up relationship that we have with the world and our environment? That's true too. I mean, I think that human beings, we are very, very bad in general at taking accountability for things. We've kind of pushed that 
It's the crow's fault, mostly. It's the crow's fault, mostly. <laughs> we, we've, we pushed that skill as far from our emotional learning as we possibly can. But then we are so, I think, then we are so fascinated with that, with finding that connection, you know, and establishing that connection. So we're pushing and pulling all the time in regards to animal intelligence because of that. We don't, like you just said, we don't want to admit that it's possible to be this intelligent and also not be disruptive. And at the same time, we <laughs> so desperately want to feel connected to everything around us. I mean, also, I think that there's a level of understanding or establishing that connection so that we can control and use that connection for other things, right? Because human beings, we're, we also want to control everything around us all the time. So I think that, that establishing that connection gives us a feeling of safety. Like, we know this thing, so we don't have to fear it necessarily, even though literally all of this shit is terrifying yeah. and we should be terrified. But it feels a little bit more that that terror feels a little bit more contained because we under we have this level of understanding of what these animals can do yeah yeah it's also interesting thinking about how this creates other worlds we all know that our individual consciousness like kind of filters the world through like mm -hmm. our own experience and we can kind of get what that might be like for other humans but we can't get what that's probably like for crows right. or chimpanzees or, yeah, yeah. Or, or whales. They're living another world within right. this within this environment. And that's pretty exciting and also alarming and calls, once again, into question all the shit that Everything we think we is think important. Yeah. Every single thing we think we know. Yeah. yeah, like the way that they see colors, the way that they that's the thing that look at a problem. Because of... A bug can see more colors than yeah, we can. Yeah, like they're seeing a cool yeah. world that we don't that see. That we don't see. And we have no idea what's even out there. Underwater and the sounds that they hear and like the way that things feel on their skin. Like, what is that like? Yeah. That's so cool. And I wish I could know what that feels <laughs> like. That'd be so well, dope. Well, one day scientists will create a simulation program mm -hmm. that allows you to feel exactly <laughs> Orca feels. Yes, and for us that will be acceptable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, like yes, that's well, that is what we deserve. We it? killed all the orcas, but mm -hmm. good thing we invented the orca suit, so you know what it feels suit. like. Orca you suit just put TM. it on. <laughs> <laughs> just put it on, walk around. Like, oh, Nobody better nice. get any ideas out yeah. there. Yeah, no, no fucking Elon Musk <laughs> listening. <laughs> we invented the orca suit. Things are fine. Now I hope this like automatically trademarks when we upload it to yeah, the orca podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by Orca If you suit. try to steal our intellectual property, <laughs> we're coming after you, Elon. <laughs> it is. It definitely trademarks immediately. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where I wanted to head with this discussion is is animal intelligence because every time I think about crows, I think the reason why crows and and birds stick out is because we can't really because they're not mammals. Right. It's hard for us to imagine their intelligence with whales with other great apes, even with dogs and cats, we're like, okay. And pigs. And pigs. We're like, yeah, all right, I get what's happening there because we're the same kind of family. With birds, it's so far removed. So when you learn that crows are really smart and that parrots are really smart, mm -hmm. you're like, what? So other kinds of animals are also really smart? Oh, an octopi. Yes. Right? They're and cuttlefish. Yeah. They're extremely smart. I think it's, and it's funny too, because we're, you're mentioning 
parrots specifically, another thing that we do is we establish this connection and then we turn the things that they can do into just party tricks. Yep. So, the so poor parrot. The, the parrot, you know, the parrot is smart, can has an understanding of how to communicate, can replicate something that you're saying, right? Or repeat it backward, word for word to you. And so we're just like, probably want a cracker. You know? And that's what we turn it <laughs> it's into. It's so demeaning to the yeah. poor parrot. <laughs> that's what it's we high level of intelligence. Or we're like, say shit. Yeah. And like, we teach the bird how to say shit <laughs> on command. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so funny because it's like, shit. You know? it's, <laughs> it it's is so funny. funny. It's so funny. It's hilarious. But yeah. it's just like we take this great thing that we know and we understand about these animals and we just turn it into party tricks. Yeah. Just something to show our friends and make them laugh. Yeah. So I think that that's, that was what that just you talking about the parrots reminded me of. Yeah. And I guess in a sense we're kind of doing that to the crows and ravens too. What is the purpose of making that raven figure the puzzle out? Yeah. It seemed to me that it was just for fun kicks. <laughs> just for because, goofs. <laughs> because it was a scientist visiting in the video, not a scientist working at the compound where they kept these birds. So it just seemed like it was, what else can we make him do? Yeah. You know? Very demeaning. And then they just, yeah, and then they just made him do, he, they just kept, they, that puzzle probably started with two steps and then... It became eight. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, we're, we are definitely taking advantage of them in a sense. Yeah. In that way. And to go back to your they're just like us, sort of like, <laughs> they you know. They are just like us. They are just like us, but they're just like us because of these artificial situations that we yeah, force them into. True. Yeah, yeah. So, we're like, the polywatic cracker thing. <laughs> and we're getting to capitalism. <laughs> so... Yeah, we make them do these things that they, you know, they don't want to do. They don't have the desire to do yeah. these things, but they know that there is like some sort of outcome because there's incentivizing of yes. these behaviors. But that's not what they're doing in their environment. No. But that doesn't mean that they don't have these things that we observe. Those things just come out in different ways. Like the curiosity of another animal is hard for us to understand because we're like, they just move and do the things that they have to do to eat. And it's like, no, they're also like curious about the mm -hmm. world. What do they interpret like this new thing that they, like they see a new thing. How do they deal with that? But they do because they want to learn new things yeah. and they do learn new things. Yes. So it's fascinating that we've kind of reduced it to putting them in these artificial <laughs> settings. It's like, do the meat puzzle. <laughs> Hey, parrot, use this incredible gift of speech to, like, say a swear. Just say fuck you. <laughs> Which, if I had a parrot, definitely, <laughs> I would do that. I would still do that, but, you know, yeah. I would allow it to also do other things. <laughs> You're allowed to do other things. <laughs> You're allowed to say whatever yeah. you want. If you want to repeat the TV, sure. That's why the I, I'm actually struck. I'm more excited about the example that you gave I was excited about 007 because that was the first video that I watched, but I'm more excited by the example of the water fountain. Yes. Because, yes, it is an artificial situation for them to have a water fountain around, technically, but nobody is... That's not a controlled experiment. Nobody is telling... You know, nobody is showing the crows that they will receive this prize at the end. They've watched and they've been watching humans receive a prize at the end of whatever they do, and then they just kind of replicated that behavior, which makes that 
that situation is much more interesting to me than 007 solving the eight-step puzzle. Even though, really, they're only solving one thing, they just have to push the button, but they're working as a team, too, so I guess the logistics of that, they have to figure out, but, yeah, that's much more interesting. Yeah, one crow saw it. Yes. And he was like, hey, you want to go <laughs> do the water fountain? And the other crow's like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And then they went and did it. Yes. They had a communication of some sort to get down there, and then they had an additional communication to figure out the steps. And yeah. then they were reciprocal. Yes, and they allowed everybody else to get a little bit of the water too. So they understand fairness. <laughs> they understand yeah. equity. Yeah, they understand equity. So crows, they're not just like us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have to revise my previous statement. Yeah. I have to revise my previous statement. So, But yeah, that is much more exciting to me than watching 007 solve a trick that essentially he was taught to do, in a sense, or forced to do. I agree. In a way. I agree. It would be interesting. I mean, there's no way to, obviously there's no way to do this in any way, but it makes me think of if, I wonder about the, the playfulness, the playfulness time in their lives, if it would, because I guess they are playful and then they have responsibilities to mate and reproduce and all that stuff. I wonder if they would feel less stress about mating and reproducing and all that stuff if they still had an environment that was untouched, that was not not completely untouched yet, but that was less disrupted by our progress and yeah. behaviors. And I just wonder if that stress would be relieved a little bit because now they're not just protecting their young from other predators, but also from us. And from our intrusions and from other things. So I just wonder if their playfulness would last a little longer. Yeah, like they'd... If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, same for us, yes, right? Like, of course. If we, if, if we didn't put all these responsibilities and burdens on children, then would they... Well, there's no way for us to know for sure because we're, we don't... We haven't stopped doing this. But would they stay in that kind of childlike mindset of wonder and experimentation and playfulness if we didn't force them to go into this school that beats that shit out yeah. of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I, w I just wonder about that. Yeah, and also, I mean, well, it's it, the flip side is also possible that crows are so opportunistic and intelligent that, like, our intrusion, although ultimately human intrusion on the natural world can't ever be really mm -hmm. good, but crows may be some of those animals that take advantage of it yes and or more, more shit to eat yeah or are more well suited to deal with it than other species like stupid ass pandas <laughs> we can't talk <laughs> that's too divisive <laughs> we can't talk about pandas. i will say there's one well, animal whose intelligence we, say, we don't question <laughs> we can say all day we're communists <laughs> we can say all day <laughs> We can make fun of our own cultures. The thing that will get us canceled is talking pandas? about pandas. Yeah. Pandas. <laughs> pandas are the problem. It's simply too divisive. <laughs> it's too, <laughs> too divisive. <laughs> we can't touch on that information. You cannot talk about we pandas talk about on the podcast. On the podcast. Yeah, so that that's uh, that's crows. Okay. We can, you know, wrap up the combo. Yeah, we can wrap up the combo. Oh, what did you learn in your research, brother? I learned even more about their intelligence than I already knew. I already knew crows were kind of smart. I've definitely gone down some crow research rabbit holes, <laughs> but because I had to write things down, it stayed in my brain longer. Yes, the course. things that... Take a lesson for all our students that are probably yeah. going to watch this. Yeah. Write it down. Write it down. 
it will make your membership better. <laughs> yeah, use your use your literacy for good and write stuff down. But I think the exciting thing is that there is science to prove that like their brains are just because they look different doesn't mean that they are any less intelligent. And I think that's right. something that we need to like we have become so obsessed with if your brain doesn't look like ours then it can't be as powerful, it can't be as strong. But a brain can look a lot of different ways and right. still produce the same kind of intelligence or a different kind that is equal. And that's, I think, what crows probably have. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. What did you learn, brother? I learned, I learned that we're lucky that the crows let us live True. in their world. Yeah. Because if they just got more organized, they could overtake us in a second. Every modern <laughs> weapon, everything that we have, they could dismantle and destroy all of it if they wanted to. Yeah. All they would have to do is watch us use it. Yes. And they would figure out how to take it apart. That's and true. And that's terrifying. That's true. Also really wonderful, very humbling. It's <laughs> but, cool. But yeah, I, we are very lucky to be able to live in their world. When you think about Hitchcock's The Birds and like there are a lot of crows in that film. They were, but there were so many more seagulls, and that's a thing I don't get. <laughs> well, the crows are in charge. They were the <laughs> yeah, bosses. Because the they can communicate the with seagulls. Yeah. Uh, guys, just, that's what was happening in the yeah. background, yes. I actually kind of like that idea that, that the crews yeah, were. Yeah, there was in a hierarchy. Yeah, there was a hierarchy. Yeah, so they did get organized, actually. And fictionally, but. That yes. could. I like to imagine a world where we are not so secure in our like dominance I like of that the too. planet. Yeah, absolutely. And there will be something after us when we inevitably destroy ourselves. <laughs> and it could be crows, it could be something else. But these kinds of intelligences will persist after, Way after we're, we're gone. gone. Yeah. And Which that's is cool. Yeah. I like that. I love it. It shouldn't be scary to know that there are aliens on our planet. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And off our planet. And off our planet, that too. That might be too divisive, too. I don't know. People that could be a different episode. <laughs> that could be we, Well, that's two. That's like seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk forever about that shit. We'll just turn into the History Channel. Yeah, we'll just the History it. Channel. <laughs> <laughs> We're mostly aliens now. <laughs> that's the History that Channel. Guy, that Jack guy takes a hard turn. Yeah, just We're aliens. We're mostly aliens now. Aliens did all the things that you think humans did. I hate that. <laughs> it was actually crows. Yeah. That's what I crows did it. Crows did the pyramids. Crows built the, <laughs> the Mayan temples. Okay. First merch idea. <laughs> Fucking temple. It just says crows did the pyramids. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. No, no. All right. That's a good way to end. <laughs> this Branding. Is, this has been Fat Guy, Jack Guy. I'm Brendan Walsh. And I'm Steph Rubino. Thank you for listening. <laughs>